Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. Today's book is Batman Three Jokers by Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok. And with me, I have a very special comic fan, uh, Scott from the DC Film Squadcast. How are you today? I'm Batman. You are Batman. You're you're actually a little bit more Bruce Wayne on a Saturday morning right now than, <laughs> than Batman. I like to think that I'm like Adam West in his smoking jacket hanging around Wayne Manor. Adam West, Bruce Wayne knew how to lounge about Wayne Manor. Like, I mean, like, granted, he, like, lounged for, like, a second before he's like, quickly, Robin, you know, but still, uh, he knew how to lounge. And it was, and it was good. Anyway, Scott, how are you today? I'm very good. Oh, that's great. I'm happy to be talking about this because I need to talk to somebody about this graphic novel because I have thoughts. And I feel like they're thoughts that need to be uh, marinated with someone else. Okay. I'm I'm happy to marinate with you. Um, I'm going to read the book description um, because this one might be not – this one might not be on people's radar. So 30 years after The Killing Joke – which is a very famous comic book about Batman, changed comics forever. The Three Jokers reexamines the myth of who or what is the Joker and what is at the heart of his ongoing battle with Batman. New York Times bestselling writer Jeff Johns and Jason Vabach, the writer-artist team that waged the dark side war in the pages of Justice League, reunite to tell the ultimate story of Batman and the Joker. After years of anticipation, the epic story is finally here. Find out why there are three Jokers and what that means for the decades-long battle between the Dark Knight and the Clown Prince of Crime. In this powerful emotional story, Batman, Batgirl, and Red Hood, all past victims of the Joker, work together to solve a mystery unlike anything they've ever faced before. Spoilers from here on out. I Here's the thing. In the, even in the description, as a framework, I just think it's really smart. If you're telling the story of three separate Jokers to tell the story of the three separate victims of the Joker in a large entirety, just for the like the symmetry of the story. So, you know, Batman and the Joker overall original Joker, Batgirl and the Joker who paralyzed her and Joker and Red Hood for the one who murdered him. Um, these are I think that structurally is really strong storytelling. Other characters, while um, important or interesting in their in their relationship with the Joker, they don't come close to the personal interaction they have with that character. And so, I liked that exploration and the uh, um, the trauma and um, I guess the recovery from those experiences explored in the book. Yeah, and reading the description on the back, I think I definitely had mixed feelings reading this because I read this issue by issue. It was originally released as a three-issue prestige format book through the DC Black Label. And I think if I had read that description, part of it would have helped put me in a better mindset. For me personally, this book was a victim of expectations. And interestingly enough, the description hit on two things that influenced those expectations. One, 
the concept of there being three Jokers was introduced in the monthly Justice League title. That's correct. At the end of the Dark Side War arc, which ended the new 52 run of Justice League, which Jeff Johns wrote 50 of 52 issues and Jason Fabok drew most of the latter part of it, they introduced the concept. It was introduced and in that- the button. No, the button. No, the button came after. Okay. Was in was in the rebirth era after the new fifty two, because uh, Batman was in the Mobius chair right when he discovered that there were three gotcha. jokers. Okay, okay. And, and I know that I'm probably losing some listeners talking about all this comic continuity stuff, but that's I think that's what influenced how I read the three jokers the first time because that was back in like 2015. That was a long. That so was we, a long time ago. They introduced it that was concept. five years yeah. ago. So the so then when we heard it announced that Jeff Johns was going to be writing a Three Jokers book, there's this five years worth of anticipation of paying off that dangling thread from the end of Dark Side War. Then when I read this book, it doesn't acknowledge that at all. So there's this issue of continuity because it's a black label book, which for those who aren't aware is usually – saved for creator own stuff that's kind of like Elseworlds. Like it's supposed to not have to worry about continuity. continuity. Right. But yet you're playing off of something that was introduced in comics continuity. So I, I went into it as that stupid comic book reader going, well, is this canon or not? Is this continuity or not? I don't understand because you don't acknowledge the previous story at all. And yet it reads like a direct sequel to the three uh, to the killing joke, which was not teased at all to my recollection before the book came out. You you just read the first issue and you go, wow, this feels a lot like the killing joke. Yep. And so I don't so I went in expecting a sequel to Dark Side War thread and ended up getting a sequel to killing joke. And so I was left, especially reading book one, going, what am I reading here? Mm. And and that – and I don't know. Is that my fault? Is that the book's fault? Is it a combination of the two? But it definitely put me off on the wrong foot reading the story. I don't know if it's your fault necessarily. I don't think it's the book's fault because the the book itself as a contained three Jokers story doesn't – reference those those bits of previous comic continuity black label wasn't a thing when they teased the story of three jokers so um so i can understand the does it count does it not count the aesthetics are different gotham looks different the costumes are different you know it's making some pretty large claims about Batman, the Joker, but you know, all these things. But you know what? I think the way that they approached it was that Killing Joke was not a continuity story. It was its own thing, just telling a story of Batman and the Joker. And it was so popular, it became continuity just by sheer mm-hmm. volume of its of its readership. But it wasn't its intention. And so I think that maybe they went with that same idea in Three Jokers, but in reverse. Where they went like, well, maybe it'll be continuity, maybe it won't be, but you know what? It doesn't really matter because everybody always ends up choosing what is continuity and not. Like technically, the long Halloween for a long time wasn't continuity, and then and then it was, and then it wasn't. And now just because of its sheer popularity, 
its continuity, even though it doesn't fit the actual um, like narrative thread of some of the other in quote unquote in continuity Batman stories. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, which is always what those big, you know, continuity you know, explosion stories are about like death metal and infinite crisis and all these things. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's just a good story or not. Yeah. And um, I think, and I think that if I go back, this is a book that I think would greatly benefit from a reread where I shift my perspective going into it. I, I had to shift my perspective after issue one. Cause I, I kind of came at it like you did. And then after I read issue one, I went, Oh, uh, okay. This is a different thing than I thought I was going to read. So I'm going to refocus myself and look at it through the centerpiece of these three characters experiencing trauma and then having to relive trauma in an unexpected way. And, uh, from, and then so like reading from that angle, I really enjoyed what this book had to say because it's not just dealing with the trauma of the Joker, but it's also dealing with Batman's own personal trauma with Joe Chill, his parents' murderer. Mm -hmm. Right? And I I think what also happened was I... Because of my personal expectations, the way it had been built up over five years. I mean, let's, let's grant it. We've been waiting on this story for five years. So there's a little bit of hype that kind of gets built up to it. And you think, oh, three Jokers. And there are other things outside of the story itself that, you know cause some controversy or some hype like there there are definitely stories uh, there are there's there are events outside of the comic itself that a reader can bring to this book that makes you go okay so what's this going to be and then when you actually read it you're like oh that's what this is Mm -hmm. and so i remember i read book one and i was just kind of like man okay it's okay it was fine like that was my that was my reaction after the book one. I read book two, and I was like, "Oh, now we're cooking with gas!" Like the book two, like really grabbed me, and I was really digging it. But I'll admit, knowing that book three was the end, I was like, "There's only one more book left. Mm-hmm. How they go? How are they going to wrap this story? How are they going to wrap this story up?" And I will admit, reading the book, even when I was done with it, I can appreciate it being three and done. But I almost feel like did it, but did it really, really want to be like five? Like I, I felt like there were there were parts that I felt like it moved too quickly, and it felt like things wanted to be explored more in the book. Like I, I wanted to know more, and then when the question becomes, was well, this continuity? Is this not? Does this quote matter? You know, I, 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 that's a weird thing for comic book readers: is does it count or not? Because I was like. Is this going to be explored later on or is this just it? And if this is just it, I felt like maybe this one needed to be expanded on a little bit more so that those themes, those stories, those plot points could be explored more. There were a couple things I think that that held that back. It's a good if you're talking about how comics are made and formed. So they, a lot of the book is working off of a six panel grid, right? So there's six individual images on a page in their own little window frames called panels. Um, and so, and that's to mirror the killing joke. Um, and so, but by doing that, by starting your book, mirroring the killing joke, which is a great homage and a great, if you're talking like pseudo sequel, it's a great, you know, continuation of that, 
uh, it's a great continuation of the style, which makes it feel the same and all of these things. It's like it's like kind of the opposite of like um, Dark Knight Returns and the Dark Knight Strikes Again, where you're like, what am I looking at? This is so different. Um, and so that's smart, but it also boxes you into the pace and rhythm of the killing joke and three jokers is arguably a larger story. And so by mm-hmm. blocking yourself into the rhythm of a, of a, of a different story, you are holding yourself back from telling a, 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 a wider story. And then it being three jokers and about the three victims of the three main victims of the Joker, it becomes three books again for that symmetry, um, that symmetry part. But that, I think also works against the book because the symmetry is um, the, the symmetry. Like, yeah, it's nice that there are three jokers and three books and three victims. I, I, I get it, but that doesn't super help your story when there's more that needs to be explored. I also never felt like the book adequately explained to me why there were three jokers. Like when did when did one when did one trail off? When did one pick up? Like obviously you've got the criminal, and the criminal is the the Bill Finger Jerry Robinson. Like that's Joker's first appearance. That's the criminal. Then you've got the comedian, the one whose origin that you saw in the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. And then I for, I forget what's the what's the third one because the third one would be the one who killed Jason. It's the um. Um, the, the criminal, the clown and the gangster. No, the criminal is the gangster. It's the criminal, the comedian comedian. and the clown. And the comedian is the one that shot Barbara. The clown is the one that killed Jason. Yes. And so I I feel like it, I never, if you're going to introduce the idea that there are multiple jokers, I, I wanted more development of that. Like and I understood the book wanted to tell me it was kind of the criminal's idea to build a better Joker, or, or and that's great. I I can dig that and carry on with that. But then when the character, but when you just sort of bring it in and then you're kind of done in three books, it kind of goes into that development of. I almost feel like one of the books needed to explore that. Like I needed a, I needed exploration of. When these jokers showed up, what led to one being created? Because if you follow Killing Joke, you know, maybe you can do some headcanon to say that 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 the criminal was the one who sort of organized the gang that got the comedian involved that ended up him being dunked in the acid like we see in the Killing Joke. Like there's just all these questions that I feel like could and personally I wanted to be explored more. Because I got to explore Batman and Jason and Batgirl, but I felt like for a book called The Three Jokers, those characters weren't explored as deeply as, once again, I was led to think or wanted to be explored and delved into and understand who these people are without giving me their their origins. Because I still like the idea of me not really knowing who or what the Joker is. Um, I... I get the the drive and the need to want to know, and I think what they were going for is rather like you 
the um, the unknown origin of the Joker, because that's partly what this book explores, the, the origin and the name of the Joker, where he comes from and all that stuff. But whereas the Joker first appeared in um, 1940 as an unknown entity, no name, just the Joker, that's who he was. Um, I think the book w- wanted to keep a bit of that mystery, not so much in the origin, but in the origins of these other uh, these other players. Where, like, as it, towards the end of the story, Batman spoilers, um, you know, as I said for the book, where Batman says, "I've always known who the Joker is," but that's not important. It, the the uh, it, it, it's the Joker himself that is of importance, but the the person he was before is of no consequence. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that in a lot of ways is writer telling reader, you know, or Batman telling reader, it doesn't it doesn't actually matter because another another time it's going to change anyway, because that's what continuity does. Um, the canon shifts. So um, it, even though it shouldn't, because it's that's the, not the point of the canon. The canon is it is, is stagnant. Um, it can be added to, but not necessarily change completely. And um, so, so I don't know if that. I don't know what purpose that would have served from a story perspective, apart from getting more info. How does that serve the overall theme or plot devices or anything like that? Well, I think because for me, when you read the three Jokers, it's all—it's really not about the plot. It's a character piece. Yes, that's correct. So I, so I guess my criticism comes from the fact that so many characters get explored in what is a character piece, except for the character who the story is named after. Sure, it's like uh, Dracula, <laughs> right? You know. Which is a criticism that I can level at that as well. You know, it's it's so I just feel like I like Joker being explored without having to tell me everything. And I think it's just like this thing like introduced a lot of cool ideas. And I was like, great. Are are we going to dig into that? And and I think that's where I think that's the root of my criticism. Sure. I think I think part of the um what we're looking at so i guess the you're right it's a character piece and it's not a joker character piece it's a batman batgirl red hood character piece and i think because it's not three jokers it's batman colon three jokers and we tend to skip over the batman part of it and you know we go oh yeah three jokers and so blah 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 blah, blah. um okay um so um i um i don't i don't I don't uh I don't know if um I'm trying to I'm tr- I don't know if exploring the jokers as people actually helps serve their um helps serves the purpose of the story at all because the joker as kind of an entity is what gives him power as a character. And that's really what the book is exploring. It's what a lot of Joker stories explore. It's really the um it's really the Joker as a figure of myth and of, you know, the, whether he be the, the the titles that are given to him in the book, whether that be the the you know the the criminal or the clown or you know um the criminal, the clown, whatever the other, one, whatever the other one is, um, 
And so, um, um, and so if this, if the Joker is a figure of myth and that's where the power comes from and that's Batman saying like, it doesn't matter who he was before, then, then the exploration of him by making him human in what the, in what the killing joke did gives like, uh, actually deletes part of the Joker's, um, attraction as a character. Um, so so I, I I get I get your I get your criticism and I raise you um uh I don't know mythological storytelling you know, you know. oh hey and I'm cool with that like I said I think this is a book I've only read it one time one time through and I feel like that this is definitely a book like any like like in my opinion good books are. I need to I need to marinate on it. I need to read it again. I really feel like I need to read it again without my hype baggage of yep. expectation and my hype mm-hmm. going into it and say, okay, strip that away. I know what I'm getting. What do I think about it now? Correct. And and maybe my opinion will change, maybe it won't. I reserve the right to have the exact same thoughts when I reread it again. And there's been talk that there's going to possibly – there's been rumors there's going to be a sequel. And if those rumors pan out, it would be interesting to see where they go with it. I, I – here's the – this is a book that I think doesn't need a sequel in a way that I don't think The Killing Joke needed a sequel. But here we are. Um, which is – I like in a way that this is a pseudo-sequel. It's not really a sequel in that it's like it's picking up the exact thread of the killing joke. It's just picking up with the characters in a world where that transpired um, and is still affecting them in a, in a serious way. I want to talk – I mean because it's a graphic novel, we should talk about the design aesthetic um, of the of the story. It's a lot of six panels and nine panel grids um, uh, as, with, as with the killing joke. Um, but the model of the – um, characters is heavily influenced by Batman 89. Um, Batman's wearing the same boots and belt and cowl shape as Michael Keaton. Um, and I think, and I, even a lot of Gotham is inspired by that Anton first, um, the, um, kind of like a brutalism, um, uh, art deco brutalism of, of, um, Tim Burton's, Gotham and I I loved that mostly because I love that version of Gotham I think that was just like a personal uh, taste for me Um, but I thought it was cool and I liked Red Hood's design in that he was wearing the Robin like a homage to the Robin costume like his red vest kind of thing had like the three like clips in the middle so he still was carrying Robin with him even though he's now the red hood. I enjoyed that about his costume. I have no complaints about the art on because Jason Fabok is definitely one of my favorite artists. Oh, he's I mean, he, so good. He's, he's, he's got that. He goes detail. He goes grit. Like he, when you read a Fabok drawn piece, you feel the dirt you feel the grit of the world. The world feels like it has weight. The, you know, weight is a good he his characters, for whatever reason, feel like they're solid. 
and like they like like you like you can like go to Batman and hug him if you really wanted to. Like, I mean, not that he would allow that, but, you know, like you, like, you know, you could put your arms around them and know that they, and know that they are there. There are some beautiful, um, artists, uh, comic artists in the world that draw amazing, amazing panels and figures, but they don't feel real. They don't, they're not, um, they're, they are images on a page. Whereas Fabak is not exactly photorealistic, but it is. But there's a, a sturdiness to his to clean. There's a cleanness and sturdiness to his work that is um, is quite enjoyable to the eye. I must say, I completely agree. Um, now, did you have you gone back and read this in, in one shot? I haven't. Or did you read it into three chapters? Basically? I read it in three chapters because I think in a lot of ways comics when they are when they still come out on a monthly basis, they are really truly meant to be read that way. And that I don't always achieve that goal. You know, like I sometimes I'll be like, well, I should probably read those 300 comic books I haven't read yet. Um, but, uh, but you know, books that I'm highly invested in, I moved to the top of the, the list. And so I read these as they came out. Cause I also don't like the internet spoiling things for me. Um, so, and to which actually the first issue, um, of this uh, book was spoiled for me. So I made sure to like read it quickly when, when I got it. So I think, um, I think, um, I think it, it was good to read it that way, but I should go back and read it in one sitting because as much as monthly comic books are meant to be read in an episodic format like that, the way that they, they start and end, um, uh, there's books like this that are, are given to high detail, uh, merit a one sitting read because you're going to notice and connect larger and smaller threads that you might not have noticed before. I, cause I would even argue some authors there's, there is the concept of the binge read. Like you, you, you bank, you bank about six or seven books, like you bank an arc and then you read the whole arc at one time. And I have actually discovered that that is a style of comic book writing that has been popularized as the idea of the trade collections have become a much more profitable uh, avenue for comic book companies that I would actually argue while books can still be put out on a monthly basis, I would argue that there there are some writers and or there are some companies that – push for their writers while you can chop it up into five, six, seven parts that it was written and reads better in one go. And there are several writers I know that I've discovered that like when I read them in one go, I have a much more pleasant experience than people who read it monthly. And it's interesting is that neither one of us can understand the other's perspective because the manner in which we consume the story. So I'm very interested to know, because the idea of this being a, quote, graphic novel makes you think, okay, what happens when I read it as one solid book instead of three separate parts? Yeah, I um, books that end with a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of every issue are not um, – I think those are not necessarily books that are meant to be digested in one sitting because say like the end of the first issue of 
of um, three Jokers ends on a huge cliffhanger, and you're meant to ruminate with that idea for a while. And so, if you just immediately move to the next page, you're you in a, in some ways miss the impact of that moment. Uh, but again, at the same time, like you said, there's a big push for one sitting arcs. You know, read this book in in an hour, kind of kind of trade paperback style. Um, I think it depends. It, it like if it's one arc over six or seven issues that tells one story, read it in one sitting. But if it's little stories over a chunk of time, read them in read them individually. Uh, so this this one, I think you could go either you can go either way. But I think you're going to connect stuff from the first page of the first book to the last page of the last book in a better way if you read it in one sitting. Agreed. And that that's me saying that I, I read it over three months or however long it took for the book to come out. Uh, but, you know, to, uh, you know, to each his own. Anything else you'd like to add on this book, Scott? Uh, not really. I, I, like I said, I, I probably would have benefited for me to have read it a second time before coming on here. But I still liked exploring my initial thoughts because I will admit when this book came out, people's opinions about it were all over the board. And it was really interesting. And that's always interesting to me to go, wow, we we digested the exact same material in such a different way. Yep, I agree. I agree. I, I Sometimes that, to me that makes a stronger story when there are – when you can dissect it in different ways with different people and there's more of a um, – when there's kind of a universal consensus like, wow, everyone, that was really good, those stories tend not to last because they're built upon big moments that are flashy and and filled with spectacle, but the spectacle lacks a substance because it's it's nothing but flash. And, and so – stories that end up being a little bit more divisive i think are just a little bit better because they 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 play with your expectations and your opinions and then offer good conversation as opposed to hey remember that bit that was good yeah me too all right good good conversation right right you can say who's on the microphone it's okay it's fine he's going to get edited out anyway aren't you yes you are oh the baby it's the baby. The baby. The baby. The yeah, baby. so if you wonder why I went on a long rant about the mythology of the Joker, then it's because Scott was not on the microphone. Because <laughs> he... Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um, well, Scott, tell everyone where you can... Um, tell where people can find you. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at ScottDC27. You can listen to my podcast, the DC Film Squadcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. We can also be found on Facebook, Vero, YouTube, and the entire network of shows can be found at SquadcastMedia.com. Excellent. All right. Well, Scott, of course, thank you for uh, coming on as always, and I uh, hope to talk to you soon. You too. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. You can find ReadUp on Twitter at ReadUpPodcast and the host at TimothyPG13. Rate and review ReadUp on iTunes and listen on any place podcasts can be found. Head over to Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio to support all of your favorite ThoughtBubbleAudio podcasts. You can find all of the ThoughtBubbleAudio programs at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Until next time, have a good read. <laughs>